Good afternoon. Welcome back to another episode of the Tortured Fan Bases podcast, your home for all things extremely biased baseball banter. I am one of your hosts, William Fife, joined as always by my esteemed colleagues, including one who is now a little bit less single. How are you guys yeah, doing? A little, little bit more broke, too. Oh, yeah. It's, you'll be fine. How you doing, Hudley? I'm doing good, man. Just got back from the honeymoon. We actually all got to hang out last Saturday at my wedding. And so we didn't record because why would we? Uh, so sorry for the extra delay between episodes, but life gets in the way of it, man. What's going on with you, Thompson? Oh, nothing much. Uh, just working, school, watching baseball, watching a very, a very baseball playing team in the Boston Red Sox. They are putting a team of baseball players on the field. Listen, they have a winning record. Yeah, what place are you guys in right now? It, I'm not taking that into account at this point. I, I am watching a team that is right. It's the speed limit. It's a smooth 45. Hey, it's that's fair. Not going to get pulled over. It's It's fine. <laughs> it's great <laughs> you're just you're calling for a dismantling of the uh dismantling of the divisions or something like that right I, I think you'd probably be the most in favor of realignment wouldn't you i would be the most in favor of getting the red sox into any of the divisions that apparently you know have just stayed in triple a for the last you know 50 years well see you hey. could make an, an easy argument for like geographic realignment that would take both the Rays and the Blue Jays out of the AL East and throw in like the Phillies or the Nationals. Then that's an easier division. I like where your head's at. Oh, I, I've got a whole plan for geographic realignment. But I do want to start out with some really good news. We haven't recorded in a while, but this has nothing to do with that. Fantastic things are happening in the world of baseball. There's finally something about Ella De La Cruz. I'm just going to slap you. Nope. We're getting to that. We're getting to that. There is finally a knuckleballer back in major league baseball. I wasn't aware of this. Matt Waldron, Matt Waldron pitching for the uh, San Diego Padres who desperately need pitching. And they are calling up a knuckleballer. This couldn't go poorly. Baseball is just better when you have knuckleballers, man. Right? I, I told love you it. about the I told you about the Twins knuckleballer in single A. There's like an 85 mile hour knuckleball, yeah. right? Well, dude, most guys who throw knuckleball like uh uh they don't throw like soft, easy going knuckleballs. Like they're throwing them hard, man. Tim Wakefield, on the other hand, could go out and give you 200 innings this year. Probably, yeah. They wouldn't be good innings, but. You know, I mean, you say that I've watched Tim Wakefield walk in with a belly and shut down. I mean, Hall of Fame Yankees lineups. It was exceptional. I'm all I am. I think every team should be required to have one. Uh, you know, it it's and what sucks is in the age of the whole velocity movement era where guys can like go in an off season and learn like a sweeper and just be a, an elite pitcher. Like that used to be guys route back to the big leagues. Like once you were done, once you couldn't throw hard anymore, you just like learned a knuckleball 
and you were there again. And that's going away. It's garbage. I mean, Ari Dickey's the perfect example. It was yeah. a picture of him for like Team USA. And the angle his arm was sitting, they were like, that looks weird. Nah, we don't like him anymore. And then he won a Cy Young throwing a dancing ball. Isn't that wild? R.A. Dickey won a Cy Young. That's well, awesome. That's I still a, don't, that's I still don't know how that happened. That's a cool sentence. I still don't know how that happened, man. Well, I'll tell you exactly. I'm looking up his baseball reference page right now. Oh, his stats were great. Yeah, actually, you're... That's, yeah, that's he was the most wild thing ever. I mean, he was flamed out in the minor leagues absolutely flamed out just not that good and at the age of you know 26 he's like oh okay i can actually do this wins a Cy Young in 2012 20 and 6 record led the league in game started he had five complete games three shutouts 230 innings uh struck out 230 people uh and his era what was his era at there 273 not a bad year that's not a bad year at all just Probably didn't even put like a mile on his arm considering what he was throwing. And see what's wild about the the Padre about Matt Waldron is like he has other pitches. Like he's got a decent fastball. He just happens to throw a knuckleball too. That's awesome. Yeah. So in any case, we got a knuckleballer back in Major League Baseball. God. For baseball's sake, he better be good. I don't even care if he's good. I just we just gotta have him there, right? Right. So when the Orioles were bad, they had the last one was Mickey Janice in twenty twenty one. And he, the Orioles were bad, but they still had a knuckleballer, which that seems like something a bad team should do, right? Just whatever you can try to try and win games. You need innings, just throw knuckleballs. So I'm still I still want someone to re-sign Pat Venditti just so we can have another have an ambidextrous pitcher in the game. Was I mean, he good? No, he was not good. Is yeah. it cool? It's amazing. <laughs> well, there's a couple of college kids coming up now that are epidextrous guys. We'll see. So I think the last time we recorded was what, June 1st, beginning of the month? Yes. Yeah. And Goodness. There has oh, been sorry, guys. Ah, it's fine. We've all been busy. Well, Whatever sorry to the fans, be. right? Yeah, sorry to all the fans. Our, we're, our, we're so sorry. Our massive amount of fans who are just deprived of this baseball content. Thanks for getting married to Huntley. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> it's hilarious that she hasn't even listened. <laughs> well, yeah, she's, she's listening to it right now. <laughs> no, I can guarantee you she's not. <laughs> she gets to listen to one third of it right now. No, I was her the... first guess on your uh, <laughs> wedding crossword puzzle. <laughs> I you think that pull that out. I think that was maybe one of the only ones that didn't get guessed. It was I, when we got back the next day from the hotel. I was oh, like, how did the two other hosts not go up there and just like smack this absolute curveball down the middle? But I wanted, I wanted to see who else would, would notice it. Nobody did. It was kind of funny yesterday Garbage. in the drive home, Garbage. we were like picking out podcasts and stuff. And so I'm on her phone and I'm scrolling to the podcast and I see that she's following us. So I'm like, Oh cool. I'll give us a five-star rating from her phone. So I did that. Uh, but yes. then I would just like look and there's like, yeah, two minutes played, three minutes played, five minutes played. I'm like, hun, these are hour long episodes. She's like, yeah, I know. You know what? That's fine. That's support. That still counts as a play. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, yeah, there's been a lot going on in baseball in the last month. Uh, some good, some not so good. Um, something that's really been disappointing for me personally is uh the whole a's saga 
right? So you just need the, it to be over with. It's I guess it's almost over with, but may I don't know. The uh the A's are, you know, famously very bad right now. They are intentionally trying to be bad. I don't know why they're continuing to be bad because they proved their point. They're getting their stadium, right? They approved, or they bought some land that was approved. Um, they finally worked out a deal with uh, Las Vegas, with the state of Nevada, so they would fund a new stadium. Um, it actually passed the legislature there, so now all they have to do is get the actual MLB owners to approve relocation, which they almost certainly will. So it's, it's happening. They're moving. Yeah. And yet they're still continuing to be bad for some reason. I mean, it's good. It's not like they can just flip a switch and be good They're I mean, they're still a couple years away, but I don't know, man. I was, I was watching highlights from the Reds Braves game last night and Matt Olson, great first baseman. He's played for the A's got like 23 homers already and he's driven in over 50 runs and i'm just kind of like i don't nice know right now dude right i don't know what kind of prospect haul you get for a guy that makes it that worth it like get- i don't know i just the whole oakland a's management team the oakland a's owners they're just so freaking annoying so they're like well they don't like us here i'm like y'all have been trying to be bad for so dang long it's not a shock yeah it's just it's a really disappointing thing and they've you know obviously had a very poor attendance the entire season because who wants to watch a team that's intentionally trying to be one of the worst teams of all time except for one night the ace fans uh decided to do a reverse boycott where Mm -hmm. instead of they actually decided to show out and basically the entire game they were just trying to basically bully the the ownership group they were chanting sell the team and stay in Oakland and the A's actually won that game. So that was kind of cool, but against the Rays. Yeah. Against the best team in baseball. I'm sorry if you were leading to this. I was not, but that's good. For what was it like their seventh win in a row? Yeah. They were on a winning streak. Like they were actually playing really well. I'm sorry. That's that's storybook. And you're you're gonna as the ownership who's been trying to paint a picture of you know well look at our attendance numbers our attendance numbers have been our the fans put together a like publicly funded and this like dispersed it got up to like seven thousand t-shirts that were like properly printed and distributed and like they had orders for more. They had like, these are people that genuinely bleed with this team. It's not the fans. It's the fact that this team and this, I mean, sport that people wrap their lives around all of a sudden stopped caring at all about anyone that was in the stands. That's, that's horrible. It's it's really really frustrating. You guys remember the Eric Andre show where like Hannibal is sitting in the chair and Eric Andre pulls out a gun and starts shooting him. Yes, and throws the yeah. gun. He's like, "Why would Hannibal do this?" I feel like that's the Oakland A's. They're like, "That's you that's know, how everybody does it." It's right. They're these like owners. They in order to try and get because these moves are not about getting a better stadium or it, it's it's a real estate deal, right? They want to build a whole ballpark and they want to own the land and 
it's a real estate thing. And they know that because the normal people of that area are invested in that team emotionally, they will hold them hostage to try and get a better deal so they can make more money. So they can get more public funds for a stadium that they're going to make money off of. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just a selfish, really disgusting move on the part of management for everything. And then you have the commissioner going out there. He's like, well, you know, his quote was, this doesn't make up for a quote and a decade worth of inaction on part of the, on the part of the A's fans. And it's like, don't put this on the fans when, when management, I, I don't want to look at the, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I can imagine that when the A's were good, the Coliseum was probably being filled. This has never been about the A's fans. This has been about the A's management team and the A's ownership. This is not there. This is not on the fans. 100%. Yeah, not at all. And it's just really disappointing because there's like, I, I don't understand how, Major League Baseball, which is so conscious of his image all the time, can look at this situation, how it's played out so far, and how it's probably going to play out in the future, and not view this as a massive embarrassment. Because you have a team that is intentionally... You have a, a ownership group that has basically done nothing with this franchise, right? They've, they're, they're in the stadium situation they are in because... They haven't done anything with the Coliseum. It's a dumpster fire, and they haven't done anything with it. They refused to put money into it. They refused to put a lot of money into the team until they basically had to force the uh, the city to do it, and the city balked at it. They said, why are we spending money on a – you're a billionaire. Why are we spending money on a baseball stadium that we're not really going to get much out of? Why are we doing that? And then – it's been a whole big thing for the last few years, right? As Oakland has tried to get a deal out or tried to put something together and it hasn't really worked. Then they had this Vegas plan. Okay, whatever. That's fine. Move to Vegas. That's really disappointing. The Raiders already did it. In all reality, it's a smaller market than Oakland. It just is. Yeah. And it doesn't have a rabid fan base like the A's kind of do. They yeah. have to start over from scratch. I mean, I I get that they want to make money, but they're ruining a, a baseball team in the process, and they're ruining a fan base, and it is just deplorable. I yeah, hate it so much. I I don't see how it's going to get any better when they get to Las Vegas because I I guess the the idea would be that okay, cool, you moved to Vegas, you got this nice stadium, you got people coming out to the ballpark. I guess you get a new TV deal. Let's spend some money on the team. And I don't think this ownership group's going to do that, right? And they're not even no. going to move next year. It's going to be like 2025 20, at the earliest yeah. that they're there in yeah. their new stadium. This will not change who the A's are as a team. And if, no. if it did, maybe that's a conversation we had, but it's not going to – they're not going to all of a sudden start hanging on to the star players and spending money and doing all the stuff that they keep promising that they're going to do. That's not going to happen just because they moved to Vegas. Yeah, and – it's just really disheartening when you when you see that because you know that other than a very few teams, every single team would do this. Every single owner would do this if they thought they could make a gigantic amount of money. Yep. Uh, every single you know the the Reds for the right amount of money, John Henry would move the Red Sox and tear down Fenway Park. He would do it. I really I mean, hope you're wrong, but I can't. I, for, I can't disagree. I believe that it, for the right amount of money, they could. He could move the Red Sox somewhere else, tear down Fenway Park, and move on with his life. 
I I I agree. I don't believe there is enough security in the world for him yeah. to hire. No, it'd be a, it'd be a dumpster fire. But it, it it would it like like ocean running red. It would be biblical. Yeah, but and the sad that, thing is, not, you know, he that would is do not it. Not me saying that I would partake in anything. That is me knowing <laughs> and having seen <laughs> real Bostonians. We would like it, it to preface is, that is not it, a threat. The, it's a promise. The movie, <laughs> not that either. Would would not do any tribute to what would occur. But I think the point still stands, though, is this is this is an ownership group that all they're seeing is dollar signs and they they just don't care about the fan. I mean, if we put this in our own terms, like obviously the Red Sox are a different situation, but they've been threatening to, you know, shutter the twins and move the twins. And the early 2000s was just Major League Baseball saying, well, we don't like having a franchise in Minneapolis, so let's just get rid of them. Oh yeah, they wanted um, to destroy them. They want when they them in the expos. They wanted to shut them down. Yeah, and, and it wasn't even them. like we want to relocate you guys. It's they we just, just want to. Yeah, we just want to disband your team because you're you won the you won the World Series a decade ago, but you had a really rough decade. So we're just done with you. It's wow. like oh crap! Come you, on, you, guys. You, you know what part of that probably was? What was that? Bud Selig didn't like that there was a team so close to Milwaukee. Oh, a hundred percent. They he didn't like that. He didn't like you were cutting into his market share. I don't like Bud Selig. I really don't. I don't. I don't. But that's a that's a, a conversation for another day. How horrible no. he is. Yeah. I, uh, if I, and if y'all are not aware, Bud Selig was one of the. I think he was one of the owners of the Milwaukee Brewers. And so when yes. he became the commissioner, it seems like he made it his mission to disband the Minnesota Twins because, as Fife said, they ate into the Brewers' market share, which is not uncommon, right? Like a lot of people think the commissioner is like an arbiter of baseball and that is not true at all. The commissioner works for the owners. So yeah. hiring a guy who used to be an owner, that makes a ton of sense. That mm -hmm. draws me into a good bit of Rob Manfred's comments about the Oakland situation. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, didn't, he didn't have a very good Manfred. The boycott go, was man. fine. And he, yeah, his comments were not great. He, I, I I heard, or this might have been in the quote, he was coming from dinner with the owners of the athletics when he gave that quote, where, that, where it was like, yeah, they should have been doing, you know, they should here, have been I, I, I got the quote right here. I feel sorry for the fans in Oakland. I do not like this outcome. I understand why they feel the way they do. I think the real question is, what was Oakland prepared to do? There's no Oakland offer. They never got to a point where they had a plan to build a stadium at my site. And then when they asked about, let me find it here, asked actually about the game. Um, That's a different one. He basically said it, it sounded incredibly sarcastic. He was, they asked him about the, the crowd and they said, yeah, it's great that they can draw basically what is an average crowd for this baseball season. Basically telling them, oh, that's cute. You showed out. I mean, the last time that Oakland seemingly accidentally had a a team on the field that was winning, they had like you know y'all remember uh, Balfour like Scott Balfour the closer Balfour Rage, yeah. and Oakland was jumping. This wasn't when Ricky Henderson was playing. This is a few years ago, and it it was you know granted almost on accident, but still these are. 
this is a fan base that can get energized immediately. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, this is a team that's won four titles in Oakland. Like, they have history there. Yeah. Yep. And they got a lot of really dedicated fans. And, you know, whatever. Teams can move. That's fine. But the way they're doing it is not particularly great. There's a way to leave a city well, and there's a way to just scorched earth, blame it on anyone else. And they are just scorched earth. I think I think I saw somebody say that the because uh, the A's plan right now, like they haven't even started building a stadium yet. They've already said, hey, we're moving to Las Vegas. We bought some land. They haven't even started building a stadium yet because just very recently was the whole, you know, funding, public funding approved. Mm-hmm. So they're probably not going to be there until probably the 2025 season to start that year. And I heard I saw somebody said that. Uh, Oakland should just be spiteful and just cancel their lease on the Coliseum. So they force them to play somewhere else to go ahead and like have to move to Vegas and play in like a triple a stadium or something, which I don't really want to see that, but I mean, I mean, there's two sides of that coin, right? It would be nice to have a little revenge on the ownership group, but on the other side, like, no, it's horrible for the game of baseball. Right. So for the Oakland team, for the Oakland fans, this no, they know, okay, we have two more years where we get to enjoy this team. Let's let's pack up a stadium. Let's go before it's actually gone. So I would say don't cancel the lease, but that would be hilarious in my opinion. And what would be really annoying, well, not annoying, but would just be baffling is if okay, the A's have already like you got your plan set, right? You already know you're moving to Vegas. You'll probably get there in twenty five, which means now hey, let's go ahead and start getting good right now and building so that once we get there, we can hit the ground running and have a good baseball team. What would be the point of them continuing to be the worst team in baseball? Do you really want to start your new franchise in Las Vegas being a you know 400 team, losing 90 games a year? No, you want to have a good team, right? Because why else would people want to come out? I don't know. The the whole thing is baffling. I, I don't, John Fisher doesn't make much sense to me. And you know what? I think there's not enough blame being thrown on Billy Bean either because he's, he's still part of this team. Sure. He's yeah. still really a part of this group. So, oh, well, they make me sad. You know who doesn't make me sad though? Ellie De La Cruz. The Cincinnati Reds in general. Oh, I'm just going to keep bringing him up until. Oh yeah, I am too. So I've got in front of me the standings. Well, they'll, load here from liar well they are in front of me i've got here in front of me the standings from june 1st 2023 the last time we recorded the standings for the national league central the cincinnati Reds sat in third place 26 and 30 two and a half or three games back today is june 24th and now the Reds are all alone in first place, 41 and 35. What a month it has been. They're right in the middle of a 12-game winning streak, one away from the franchise record, and they've been doing it in the most fun way possible. I watched the highlights from last night's game. That oh, dude, might be one of the best baseball games ever. Oh, it's it's a top five Reds. So there's a lot of places and you can find the, the, uh, the highlights of back when Adam Dunn was playing 
There was a game when the Indians were in town and they came all the way back and ended on Dunn hitting a walk-off grand slam. He hit like a laser shot right into the, the opposing bullpen down the right field line. Most people would say it's probably the best Reds game they've ever said they've ever watched in their life. I was there for that game somehow. That was awesome. This game was about as good as that. Yeah. It's it is crazy how just hot the Reds have gotten. There and there was a point, I think it was last Friday, not not yesterday, but the Friday before, when uh we were together for your your wedding and all three of our teams were 35 and 35. They all were 500. The Cincinnati Reds were in first place. The Minnesota Twins were in first place. Where were the Boston Red Sox then? Uh, they, they were making a nice home for themselves where they've seemed to really always find themselves coming back to this year, which is last place. Last place. Yes, they were. <laughs> Oh, uh, they are also the Red Sox are also currently 40 and 37. Yeah, they have a winning record in their last or 12 games out of first place. It, the AL Central leading twins are 39 and 38. So, sorry. This is legitimately a season where I'm looking at it. The, the Red Sox could have. The Red Sox would be a, a cusp team in every other division. We happen to be in the AL East which is ungodly this year. That, that's awful. I'm watching Yoshida. I'm watching Cassis. I want to see how Devers adjusts. I, I I want to see, you know, how these guys grow into it. Bayo, who has been electric. And I mean... That change-up, dude. That change-up is filthy. It's filthy. He... It, it it's not you know it's not crazy that he and pedro martinez got along like that and have been you know you can't you can't get these two away from each other they keep chit-chatting throwing bullpens talking about grips that that gets me very excited because uh pedro martinez i'd take another one if you've got him <laughs> like and that that builds on itself. That's where you can start going, hey, look at what we can make of a pitcher. Let's start let's start hammering in pitching prospects. And that's let's, what those arms. That's the Cleveland Guardians way is they pick the same type of player. They grab their, you know, Corey Kluber, Shane Bieber. They all look the same. Uh, and they just mold them and then they fix them. If you can do that as a franchise, that's pretty cool. The Guardians always have the next stud. They always have this guy that they... I was listening to a Twins podcast yesterday from Aaron Gleeman. He's like, they always pick the same guy in like the 12th round. And three years later, they've got like a 165 ERA at AA and they're the next big thing. If you as an organization can build a player, like, great. And if the Red Sox can do that with Brian Bayo, they can start doing that with other prospects. And that is exciting. And they you should be excited. They're right on the road because they are knocking the cover off the ball as a team. Mm -hmm. yeah. And everybody's hidden. I guess Alex Verdugo is actually a pretty good player. Alex Verdugo has been a very good player. Yeah. I've, I've sung his praises on here since day one. 
And then you got Adam Duvall back now. Masataka Yoshida is really good at hitting. Really good. Really good. He can't is... play can't play defense, but he's he can hit the ball. He can play defense enough to play defense, man. It's there. But yeah, they I mean, they got right now seven guys on their roster who have a WRC plus over a hundred, which is pretty pretty good. Pretty good. I think Red Sox are looking I mean, obviously the pitching injuries have been as soon as somebody starts going extremely well, something awful happens. That's it's everybody. Insane. Everybody's into the the whole pitch, pitching injury stuff right now. It, and but, Tanner Houck, who was nasty, and Red Sox fans knew he was good, but he started pitching extremely well his last few like starts. Line drive off the face, and he needs he's out six weeks with a facial surgery. Like, that's the type of stuff where it's like, that's not even that's the like one percent type of injuries that never happens. Wow, that's kind of like what Chris Sale was having a few years ago, where it's just everything was was compounding. That's that's one where I'm I'm just hoping every time someone takes the mound i'm like please just do well be safe <laughs> please i think it's every pitcher right now oh Wait, man you guys the you guys did pretty well against the twins um you know we split that series but uh that uh, i i really like hockey okay and this there's there's a there's a reason for this you go into overtime you get a point right even if you lose the game and points matter in the standings you don't get anything like that in Major League Baseball if you go into extra innings. And I feel like there should be some kind of delineation of like loss, extra inning loss, because the Mad Friend Man has ruined uh, extra inning baseball. He has lost uh, in extra innings on the 21st to us, which whatever. I don't give a crap about extra inning losses. Those are just fluky at this point. Y'all had a great series in Minnesota, right? We've got a good pitching staff. And you guys lit us up, man. Outside of the day that Joe Ryan just decided no one can hit a baseball, uh, you guys played very, very well. That's that's a game that when a guy is on, th- these are professional pitchers. It could be mm-hmm. an ace. It could be a five. It could be a dude that got called up today. These guys have a God-given ability that if their timing is 100% one day, you're not touching it. Yeah. It, it happens. It happens more for Justin Verlander than it does for Connor Siebold. But it, it'll happen. And I mean, you can't you can't look at that performance from any of the hitters and be like, oh, he's slumping. Or like people are frustrated with some of Devers' numbers. The dude's getting pitched differently for the first time in his career, really, because he's always had JD Martinez behind him. Mm-hmm. And He's adjusting to that. He's still- his numbers are fine. What are you talking about? I as a team with a really bad offense, I would absolutely love to have a guy that has 18 dingers, a 240 batting average, and a 780 OPS. I would love, love to have that in the middle of my lineup. Red Sox fan, the Red Sox fan base is being weird about Devers and Tristan Cassis right now. If you could go ahead and just pull up uh, Tristan Cassis's like average exit, like he's 
ripping the cover off of the ball. If you look into his hitting metrics. All right. So his average exit velo, I'm pulling his Tristan Cassis's page up on baseball savant. Uh, well, his average exit velo is in the 80th percentile. His max exit velo is in the 87th percentile. That average exit velo for him um, is at 91. Is 91. Uh, MLB average bad. is 88.4. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, 113's nothing to ball. He's also either. walking at an insane amount. Insane. And he is really, he, when he hits the ball, he's hitting it hard. Wow, one thirteen max exit velo. Yeah, That's he's, awesome. He's, he's a good. He's he's been a pretty good hitter. He's walking a lot, high barrel rates. Doesn't chase a whole lot. He's hitting the ball hard. He's seeing it really well. And and people have been stressing about him. He's and spraying it, it, it all over the yard. No sense. Spraying it all over the place. Very nice. He's yeah. He's yeah. He's been good. I mean, I, I know yeah, great he chart. wasn't really the guy, right? Everybody was looking for, you know, Bobby Dahlbeck to to try and figure out this year. Yeah, it's not spring training. Bobby Dahlbeck isn't good. Yeah. No, Bobby. Well, he, he did hit he did hit a home run in AAA, five hundred and twelve feet. So that's pretty well, cool. Tristan Cassis has always been the like, okay, this is the long term. Bobby yeah. Dahlbeck, they were trying to figure out if he fit. And, yeah, I, and I think this was the year for that. They were like, let's give him another shot at first base or right. Let's give him a shot somewhere because he had – Okay. <laughs> Did you play him at short? They, at, against try. the Rays. You can try. In like the in, – in that, that first series where the Red Sox did not look like a team against the Rays and we recorded the day after the series ended and y'all were doing wellness checks on me <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, we had Bobby Dalbeck starting at shortstop. Oh man, it was a 900 year old Corey Kluber. I'm throwing did, 70. Did it work though? Did it work though? Was it good? Was I mean, getting... it was great batting practice. It was an incredible, you know, stat pattern for the two dollar bonuses the Rays pay guys. Sorry, I'm now I'm fired up. That's that's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Oh. That was phenomenal. That is that is why we have Kurt on this podcast right there. He's just he's just unhinged. <laughs> breathe, son. Breathe. And just... if you can't see him right now, he has got a headband on, so he is prepared, totally just invested in in arguing. You don't put a headband on to keep that hair out of your face if you're not about to have an argument. No, That's right. I'm uh, losing my mind. I, the Red Sox. I guess you're in a weird position, right? Like. What more can you do right now? You you have a winning record. You have a pretty decent team. But like, what would you have to do to get past the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the Orioles? Like, there's just so much that you'd have to do to even be competitive in the in the AL East right now. Uh, two two areas. Uh, we'll we'll go three. I'll split pitching into two. Clean up the middle infield. Right now, it's it's weird. You've got a, a mix of guys that are injured, coming back, getting re-injured, having delays, extended stints on the IL, followed up by these quadruple A guys that are kind of in this limbo. And none of it's been consistent. None of it's... And I get it. We've been waiting on Trevor's story. That's fine. 
You When's have he coming back? Hmm? When is he coming back? Hopefully July is what they've hinted at. That would be a big boon for that lineup. That would be massive. They're hoping it is at yeah, right around another month. Look, uh, here's the here's the deal, man. Is you guys are a game and a half out of third place. Yeah. So I mean, we'll we'll joke and be like, ah, oh, Red Sox are in fifth place. You're really kind of in a three-way tie for third place, in my opinion, with the Yankees and the Blue Jays. I don't think those yeah. teams are too dissimilar. And, and it's, so, you know, Red Sox knows. have a good week. Third place. And they have. I mean, what they do the last? I mean, they're seven and three in the last ten games, right? Which is better than the Yankees and better than the Blue Jays. They're and gaining. It's pretty much. It's pretty clear to see right now for everyone that whatever team does not win or whatever team finishes second in the AL East. Um, bar a massive collapse is going to be the first wild card spot. Yeah. The second mm-hmm. one, very good chance it's also the AL East. So whatever team comes out of that melee, probably going to get the next wild. I mean, every other yeah. team in the Central and the West, like if you don't win your division, you're probably not getting in. Yeah, right now the uh, the Yankees and the Astros are tied for that second wild card place, uh, and the Yankees are third in the AL East. So you guys are a game and a half out of a, out of a, the World uh, World Series, goodness. You guys are a game and a half out of the playoffs. This is where I think being a Red Sox fan and knowing the teams that could be constructed for that budget, how much more comfortable would you be with the Astros roster than the Red Sox to remain consistent enough to make that, that playoff spot? Yeah, but the Astros roster is more on player development, which that's true. But exactly. I mean, you, know, you can even go back to like Mookie. If you have Mookie bets right now, um, I think, I think that's an extra win and a half right there. Um, that's, the that's further we get, the further second. we get from that event, the less it makes sense. Mookie yeah. Betts is amazing. He was amazing for the Red Sox. He's been amazing for the Dodgers. That's that's the decision that there's so much time has passed. It doesn't matter how good he was. Your your general man, your management should have adjusted. There there's enough time where you can replace a Hall of Fame pitching staff, like you need to be able to do that as a team with that kind of resources. Yeah. And it's, if you're still riding Xander Bogarts and, you know, Mookie as a scapegoat, I'm sorry, you're incompetent. And I don't think the front office is trying to do that, but I think some of the fans are using that as a defense. It's not a defense. Yeah. I mean, it kind of seems like, I don't think Kyle Bloom is is an idiot. He's definitely not an idiot, but he's definitely got the the Rays infusion in, into his decisions, which means you're trying to do things. I, I won't say he's trying to do things cheaply, but he's looking at value in a different way. Instead of looking at, hey, look, I need a superstar who's going to win, and I don't really care how much it costs because we have the money, like Andrew Friedman. He's still thinking kind of in that raise mindset where it's, look, if I'm going to have to spend a ton of money, I want to make sure I'm really right. Instead of just saying, hey, look, I don't care what it costs. Mookie's a fan favorite. He looks like he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Let's just go for it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's 
It's very odd. There's going to be some work involved, but they might be able to make it there. Hey, I have a question for you guys. What's that? Can I talk about Ellie De La Cruz now? Yeah. 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 You can talk about Ellie De La Cruz. That's so, fine. in the past month, the Reds have decided to really just go all in on the youth movement. They have brought in one of their highest rising players in Matt McClain, playing shortstop, and he has been exceptional since then. I mean, since June 1st, he's hitting decently well. I mean, he's not hitting as well as he did in AAA, but he's having himself some fun. And they brought up Ellie De La Cruz, who after uh, the the latest re-rankings from most places is the top prospect in all of baseball. And by God, has he looked like it. I mean, this is the most electric player in baseball right now. You cannot, like, you have to watch him. It's amazing what he has done. He is, since coming up, he has basically started breaking all of the red stat cast records and just smashing them. In his very first game, right, he, which the way that he got called up was odd, right, in that normally guys who get called up, they find out like the day before so that they can fly out family and you can get the hype going. And I think Ellie De La Cruz, he found out like noon on the day that he was going to play and then he like drove from Louisville to Cincinnati because his family couldn't come to that. So that kind of sucks for him. But the very first game, the first ball that he put in play was the hardest ball that any red had hit all year long. Which is just wild. It was a double. And in getting that double, it was the fastest sprint speed of anyone on a double in MLB this season. So he just shattered two benchmarks in one go. Then the next day... Yeah, it, it's a crazy. The next day, which he still has not been caught stealing yet, which is wild. The next day, he hit his first home run, which almost left the ballpark in right field. He almost hit it over the bleachers in right field. There's a lot of bleachers in Cincinnati in right field. Yeah, it was a huge home run. And he's just been doing that ever since. I mean, since he came up, his stat line has been, excuse me, I got to build some tension here. 361, 418, 656 slash line for a 181 WRC plus. And what's weird is he's not doing it in a particularly odd way. Or he's not doing it in a particularly uh, stereotypical way because he's a big, tall kid absolutely destroys the ball so you would assume that he's a real big free swinger right and he has so far just not been that i mean he's only striking out at 28 percent, which is not really super high for a slugger and the way that he's being pitched to the way that he's taking at bats is very odd like if you watch they are basically refusing to throw anything above the belt to him like they're also throwing a lot of breaking balls too. Yeah. Everything is down in the zone, breaking balls. And his contact is so good that he's hitting all of them. He's not really walking at all. He's just he knows where it's going to go and he's hitting them. And last night, you know, we already talked about the Reds game last night, which was incredibly exciting. He 
and for the cycle, right? Single, double, triple home run, first cycle for the Reds since 1989. And it's like watching that, it was inevitable. Like it seemed inevitable. Like his last at bat, which his last at bat was in the sixth inning. That's how high scoring that game was. It was insane. It scored 16 runs combined by the fifth inning. Uh, incredible game. But like when he went up for that fourth at bat, it just seemed like he was going to do it, which Great American Ballpark is not a ballpark that people hit triples in. They just don't. It's tiny. See, the, just, the most impressive one that he had, the most impressive hit he had was his first inning double. Oh, right? yeah, he killed it. That it was thing like, was like 116 off, off the, the ground. It, yeah, it, I don't think it was ever more than 10 feet off the ground, and it hit the very top of the wall. Yeah. This and thing was had, like inches away from leaving the ballpark. Oh, yeah. And he's had a couple of home runs that, based off the TV view, like they look like they're pop-ups. Like he just hits them, and the way they go off the bat, they like their pop-ups, and then they just magically find their way out of the ballpark. It's crazy how much power he has and how fast he is, and I mean, the way that everyone is just rallied around him and is the excitement in the city is crazy. Are you gonna buy his jersey? Um, probably not. I'm not really a big, I'm not gonna be a big jersey guy. But I'm gonna be cheering for him, man. He's 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 fun. It's interesting to watch him play, especially when he makes contact on these home runs that don't even look. They shouldn't be home runs for anyone else. The swings don't look like a home run swing, and then you see the camera pan to where the ball lands, and we've all watched thousands of baseball games. We can we can be doing something else and hear you know. Oh, that's a pop-up. That's a squared up ball. That's whatever. You hear it, you see it, and then you see where it lands, and it like disorients me for a second. Because it doesn't make sense. You're like, he hit that off. Like he didn't get all of that. And it went 428. I've seen dudes mash balls 315. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, and it's crazy. It it almost kind of feels like last night was maybe the first time it felt like he had he's putting it all together because yeah. before that he was already hitting really well but like it didn't feel like he was completely like in top gear and last night he, he really did feel like he was and it's I mean, like we're barely scratching the surface of what this guy can do legitimately what where what happens when that a player with that potential develops into Luis Arias's bat to ball skills. Right. That's coming. Don't, that's, don't even don't even think that's that. coming. That's not that's the next one. Yeah. I mean if you look at some of his like advanced metric, like he does not have bad bat to ball skills. Like he's he is yeah. making pretty he's not chasing a ton of stuff, at least at an abnormal level. I mean and, he's not whiffing an abnormal amount either. Like he's the only reason his walk rate is not as good as it is is because he makes such good contact. Yeah. And I'm not saying I know like he has incredible bat to ball skills, but there's going to be a guy that has 400 potential. And I, it, it legitimately could be him. He's going to beat out every ground ball that yeah, he's already done it. He's already, exactly. there's been a couple times that he's hit ground balls directly to the first baseman and beat them out for singles. That's how fast he is. 
The last person with speed like that was Billy Hamilton, who had no power and no bat-to-ball skills. Yeah, Billy Hamilton could not get on base at all. No. Byron Buxton. uh, Byron Buxton's also very fast, but he's not this electric. I would would not say he's listed, but Byron Buxton was faster than Billy Hamilton. Conversation yeah, and over. guess what? Ellie De La Cruz is faster than all of them. The only guy that I think is probably not, I mean, everybody we talk about is like the biggest, fastest, and then there's Ricky Henderson. We're not even going to have that discussion. Mean? It's not even the same. Ricky Henderson's just, he's the best runner that's ever existed in baseball. But it, Ellie De La Cruz, very, very fast. And you know what? He hasn't even been the best hitter on the team since that period. Jake Fraley's been the best hitter on the team. Jake Fraley in the month of June, you want to guess what his slugging percentage is? Take a guess. Take a wild stab at what just his slugging percentage is, not OPS. 650. 806. Goodness. 806. LSU LSU boy right there. He's got, I mean, his OPS is like 1250 right now. And Joey Votto's back. Joey Votto had just has had he the most perfect reunion. Oh my God! People showed out, and guess what? He's hit three home runs this week. Joey Votto turns forty in September. Votto yeah, had to celebrate Father's Day with all of Cincinnati. He hit a home run last night at one hundred and seven miles an hour. I and love Joey Votto, and love you know, oh, it's amazing, and. Everybody else is figuring out too, right? A lot of people didn't like Will Benson at the start of the season. I liked him because, hey, look, he's struck out a lot, but he just needed a shot. Will Benson in June, 333, 492, 533. He's killing the ball. His first career home run was a walk-off. TJ Friedel had a very good month. The bullpen has been exceptional. Alexis Diaz is the best reliever in baseball. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, he is. No, John Duran. Uh, that's state your case. State your case as to why. Okay. Because his how fast does Alexis Diaz throw? He throws a hundred. Okay, Duran throws one hundred five. Um, how good is his is Diaz's secondary pitch? Pretty good. Okay, John Duran has good. a ninety mile an hour hammer curveball that makes a batter look like a pretzel. Uh, I'm talking mention, about not to mention he throws a 100 mile an hour off speed pitch. Listen, I'm talking about results here. Hey results. Alexis Diaz. Once he comes into the game, the Reds do not lose. It's over. Guys, the Red Sox have this guy named Caleb Ort. All right. <laughs> I want to talk about real star power. Y'all want to talk about that? Sounds like a star name right there. Y'all want to talk about real electricity? Y'all, ooh, Duran, Diaz, Ort. I'm telling you, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Listen, you missed the easiest name there. Cutter Crawford. Oh, Cutter Crawford's a savage, but he's a starter. We're not talking about that. Doesn't matter. That's that's a that's a top tier name right there. Cutter. Anyway. Cutter Crawford, starter. I'll cover that next time. Dude's oh, stuck. yeah. And... The Reds have also brought up Andrew Abbott in that time, their top uh, one, of their top pitching prospect. Um, for a time, when they brought him up, the top two players, pitchers by strikeouts, by total strikeouts in all of minor league baseball, 
were both Reds prospects. Andrew Abbott was one of them. He has been really good since he's been brought up. The last start he made was the first start he actually gave up a run in the major leagues. He went four starts, gave up exactly two runs. Well, three runs, excuse me. He's been exceptional. Hunter Green, really good pitcher if you didn't know already. The Reds are just firing on all cylinders right now, and it is so fun to watch. This whole series this weekend in Cincinnati where the Braves are in town, all three games sold out for a regular season series in June. It's crazy, and I'm loving every second of it. The Reds' magic is going. What uh? What's how? What's Hunter? When when's Hunter Green's next start? Um, I I don't know. I don't know what the rotation looks like right now. All I know is the last Braves, uh, the Braves game on Thursday or Wednesday, got canceled, so the Reds will have to face Spencer Strider this this weekend, which is nice. You've got uh, you got Hunter uh, it was, Green. It was rained out on the okay. injured list. Got who? Hunter Green. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's he's the Reds. Look, they've won twelve games in a row. Their run differential in these twelve games is plus nine. <laughs> Probably should not have won this many games. Their pitching is in shambles. They have nobody. It, but they're uh, winning, and it's fun. It, it it seems to me as though the Reds appear to need some pitching. Perhaps a large Canadian man who has reconstructed his body to pitch better. Why Why on earth would the Cincinnati Reds want Paxton? Why would they want Big Maple? Be- you, because you might actually have a decent shot at, the, at, at a playoff push if you have a, another solid starter. That's, that's the legitimate reason. That's assuming Good Paxton logic. continues to be a solid starter and doesn't Nothing get hurt. Nothing indicates otherwise. Pull up his baseball savant page if you don't believe me. He's well, been I see there's a, a big gap here for 2022 stats. Would you like to talk about what that was? I'm sorry. I didn't realize that we were talking about, you know, fantasy land. What have you done for me lately? I don't care how good Noah Syndergaard was two years ago. I don't was, care how good he was five years ago. He was not good two years ago. Cool. I'm sorry that Pat, that Paxton's out here bumping 97 and you're scared of that. And that's fine. That's, that's fine. Funny. You're, you're a small market team. You don't take risks like this every year. <laughs> we have to do that sometimes because our fans expect a product like that, a winning product that's trying to make a push. If that's not what y'all are into, we're not going to pressure you any further. If he's Johnson, so good and trying to things. make a push, why would they want to give him away? Right, and if you're you're all saying these things as a fifth place team to a first place team, yeah, know your place. That's what I'm saying. Know the your Red role Sox here, are in a sir. Predicament where to win our division, we've got to be better than the race. That ain't gonna happen. Y'all are legitimately in a spot to take advantage of our poor, poor fortune. All he is asking is Jonathan India. I just yeah. want him. I just want him. Yeah. <laughs> I want him. <laughs> Guess what? I want him too because he's good. I like cool. Jonathan India. Share your toys. <laughs> this is... You know what? You know what? No. <laughs> we were bad all last year, and I had to live through that. And we were bad for four straight years, and I had to live through that garbage. So, no, we're not sharing our toys. You've got four shortstops. I've got one <laughs> Bobby Dalvey. <laughs> listen, listen. 
And what's wild is the Reds still probably have another two major league ready prospects that are that are coming. Christian Encarnacion Strand is coming at some point because he is shut your mouth about him. When I say he's decimating triple A pitching, that's like not hyperbole. Like he's destroying triple A pitching. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. I miss him. Can we trade you Jonathan India back when Marcelo Myers here? Um, that's I mean, not I'm, bad. That's two years. I'm not in charge of the team, so I'm just saying that would be a I, no for me. Me personally, I think that's great. Listen, here's here's Christian Encarnacion Strand's AAA stats this year: 244 plate appearances. He's hitting 333, 406, 648. Yeah, he's like pretty good. Medium rare, man. Get it off the grill. Like that's ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. The only problem is, where's he gonna play? He, he was never gonna Austin, play. Austin, please. <laughs> oh man. And then there's a few other players that are probably pushing on the door. I wish they were all pitchers, but they're not. But man, whatever happens. It is a peak time to be a Cincinnati Reds fan right now. It absolutely is just peak times. Going for 13 straight today would be their longest win streak since 1890. What a time to be alive. And all this proves is something I've known my whole life. I don't care what the Bengals do. I don't care that FC Cincinnati is actually good at soccer. This is a baseball town. It always has been, and it always will be. And basically one month, not even a, a, a season, one month, the Reds went from almost no one showing up when the Rays came to town to selling out a regular season series. This is a baseball town, and boy, are we happy to have it. All right, I can talk about the Twins. Um, we're mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> That's about all I got. Just, um, uh, just a Midwest Midwest squad playing some ball. Hey, we, uh, yeah, we, we're like 5-5 five and five on our last 10. We're basically 500 right now. We're beating the teams we shouldn't beat, and we're losing to the teams we shouldn't lose to. See, uh, and what's wild, if you look at the standings right now, if you look at the last 10 for all five teams in the AL Central, Twins, 5-5. Five and five. Guardians, 5-5. Five and five. Tigers five and five, White Sox and Royals three and seven. <laughs> Everyone's yeah, that's, just that's about Midwest right. mediocre, baby. <laughs> yeah. No, there's some good individual performances. Uh, Joe Ryan threw a shutout, late game shutout against the uh, Red Sox on Thursday, uh, and that was one of the coolest yeah. games. I think I, I didn't watch most of it. I, I watched like the ninth, the seventh through ninth innings. I tried not to watch baseball on the honeymoon. Um, so we walked into a shop and the game was on. I was like, well, I'm just going to take my time in here. Yeah, he's uh, he's electric. Dude, uh, yeah, so Louis, the cool thing. Royce Lewis Louis. is playing well. So the shutout that Joe Ryan threw, he threw 112 pitches. How many, uh, how many like, curveball sliders do you think he threw? Uh, I'm going to say 90. Thompson? Oh, 68. He threw two. Nice. 
he threw like 65 fastballs, 35 splitters, one slider, and one sweeper. Does, does he and throw he a threw... four seam or is he throwing a cutter now? Dude, he throws the oddest fastball. So he, he he used to play water polo. Okay. So he has like crazy flexible shoulders. He gets super low and he has pretty decent extension. Uh, and so his fastball is like 91, 92, but he only throws it up in the zone and it plays like 94 to 95 to 96. And it has insane movement on it. So he was, I mean, he's been making hitters look foolish with a fastball. And then this offseason, he uh he added a splitter. And so you can look at the heat map and you can see that he throws the fastball up and then he throws the slider lower and he's tunneling those two pitches. And he's just, I mean, it, he made a bunch of very good Red Sox hitters look foolish after they just beat the crap out of the Twins pitching staff the last three days. He made them look like they didn't know what they were doing. What do you do with all the other Red Sox hitters? <laughs> he made them look bad too. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> See what's wild. Oh, is shot. <laughs> baseball savant categorizes that splitter as a split finger fastball. Huh. Yep. Idiot. Yeah, he does it. <laughs> Just saying that's that's odd. That's weird. I oh, mean that's all right. I mean so he'll throw the fastball like ninety one and ninety two, and then the splitter will be like I think eighty four to eighty five yeah, or somewhere in there. Everything's so up in the zone. That's wild. Bro, it's it's just slow enough. Scroll down and look at the heat map of the locations. Yeah, it's um, all you'll up just in the see zone. like fastball, and then as soon as the fastball turns blue, that's right where the splitter lives. And the amount of times that he throws a fastball at the top of the zone, and then he finishes someone off with a splitter tailing down and away, and they just swing through it. I, I literally can't even count those times. He's just so fun to watch. ZRA is just below three. He's had like a couple clunkers, a couple rough starts where he doesn't have his stuff, but that's typical. Uh, but having an ERA under three at this point for, you know, technically a homegrown Twins pitcher who learned a splitter this offseason, like he didn't have this pitch last year. He was just like, well, my changeup isn't that good, so let's go to driveline and learn how to throw a splitter. And he shows up to spring training, and now he's the like ace at the staff. Is like, okay, this is cool. This I mean, is what, fun. What stands out to me is that he like previously like he would have to live in the zone because mm-hmm. just because the way his fastball plays, and you know, I think last year he was still kind of toying with that sweeper because he was throwing a lot more. Yeah, and now I mean, his chase rate is literally 99th percentile. Like people are yeah. just not figuring out his pitches. It's, Dude, I mean, if you, it's if fun. You just, he's fun to watch. Just go watch. Just go watch a Joe Ryan start, oh and you're going to see goodness. a lot of really good hitters look really, really bad. I mean, you're, you're talking about like guys swinging at sliders that are a foot outside of the zone. It's, um, and that's what you that get whenever you zone. whenever you start making all your pitches look the same, and they all throw from the same arm angle. That's yeah. what you get, dudes. Just flailing. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd give a comparison to that. A Red Sox closer from few, from years ago, Koji Uihara. Mm-hmm. Everything mechanics exact same. When Dude. he had the advantage, like all those Japanese guys do, they don't they don't really do the same kind of sequencing we do. Like American players, you know, growing up that look, you you want to try and get a first pitch strike, right? Because you see all the stats about what everyone's batting average is for whatever you know count it is. So the conclusion is get yourself a first pitch strike. And what's the easiest pitch to control? Fastball, right? So every, mm-hmm. pretty much everyone throws a first pitch fastball. Japanese don't do that. They just throw whatever they have whenever they want. And everyone's just off balance all the time. I and mean, if you look at some of the Japanese players, Senga and um, um, forget Maeda. his name right now. Uh, yeah. Darvish. God, who's the guy? In... Okay. 
There's a couple others. I'm forgetting his name. I like him a lot. Or uh, Kikuchi, Yusei Kikuchi. Yeah. They're throwing breaking balls, first pitch, a lot. And it's just very hard for guys to figure out. A lot of guys don't swing at a first pitch, breaking pitch, regardless. Yeah, because they're just they're looking fastball first pitch because they know that's what guys are throwing. They're into that mindset of, look, they want to get a strike. They're throwing a fastball. I got to look fastball. Was I mean, you you mentioned the story of Zach Granke. Was it? you mentioned it with uh zach granke and joey vada yeah <laughs> i mean that's playing mind games he said yeah. oh, i'm just gonna throw him all all breaking balls he, he won't swing at a at a at a breaking ball so i'll just throw a, a change up that does this like dude zach, zach granke is easily one of my top top five baseball characters of all time verifiable he's psycho um but he's yeah he's also a great pitcher <laughs> Oh, not yeah. anymore. He's, he's not good anymore. But um, he's still pretty good. He's just not good in the same way he what he used to be. He's not okay, throwing a yeah. hundred anymore. No. Yeah. He's interesting. Can you believe Anyways, that? Zach Joe Ryan. used to throw a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Joe Ryan. Let's talk about my guy, Joe Ryan. Um. Oh, sorry. We're taking away from you here. That's right. Great in Stranger this, Things. This is like what was that? <laughs> stranger Things. This is like the only thing I have to be happy about is Joe. You Ryan. just got married. Um, what are you talking about? <laughs> baseball wise, baseball wise. Oh, um, you got to be a little more. Uh, <laughs> you need to be a little more succinct there, a little more descriptive there, my sorry, guy. Babe. Uh, this is we're an hour and there's no way she's still listening. Um, <laughs> oh, don't worry, we're we're gonna let her know she needs to listen to this one. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, Royce Lewis has been great too. He's so fun to watch. Um, He's he's kind of he's not he's electric. Okay, I don't want to compare compare him to L.A. De La Cruz, but I'm just glad he's on the field. Yeah, yeah, he's baseball is better with a guy like Royce Lewis on the field. Yeah, he's one of baseball's like, like verifiable good guys, super kind individual, and he's really good at baseball too. Um, yeah, and crushing it, it's, the ball, batting over three hundred. It's great. cool to see that he's not. It it it's a testament to the um, medical staff that all these teams have that even after having just an absolutely debilitating leg injury. Back to back. Yeah, he's just as quick and explosive as he always has been. Yeah, and now like he's, he's playing third. Um, and that's, you know, you've got Carlos Correa at shortstop, and you've got uh, Royce Lewis at third base. I'm not too mad at that left side of the infield right there. So at, at what point do we need to talk about Carlos Correa not actually being very good this year? Uh, I don't. I don't think we need to. Here's the deal: is Carlos Correa is a very streaky hitter. He always has been. He's always been not like Byron Buxton level streaky, which is an insane level streaky, which we have to talk about him in a sec. But Carlos Correa can still contribute to a baseball team pretty well. I'm gonna pull up his baseball reference page just because I want to like look at the numbers. And yeah, his batting I mean, average isn't his batting average fine. isn't where he wants it. Right? It's low. But this whole, like, Carlos Correa hasn't been worth $36 million. There's a conversation to be had. His OPS plus isn't good. He's only put up one war. But, I mean, I don't well, think just he's his, been His bad. power's not there. Like, I, I don't care if he's not done a high batting average. His slugging percentage is 408. He's not hitting anything hard. That, that's changing, though. Like, Yeah, he's getting better. His, but... numbers, his numbers early in the season were atrocious to the point where, like, the Twins fans were booing him, and he was just like, y'all are right. I've been playing terribly and he's turning it on a little bit now. And he would, he had the same thing last year. He started off very, very poorly. And then he started picking it up. 
But you see him putting bat to ball a lot better now. You see him feeling a little bit more confident. He was also dealing with some plantar fasciitis. And I'm fairly certain this is totally speculation, but he had some kind of injury and he was just toughing it out because he's getting paid $36 million a year. Let's be clear though. It was not the injury. It's not an injury on the foot. That was the problem before the season. It was the other leg. Yeah. Screw off Steve Cohen. He's good. Um, He's good. Yeah. Where's there off Steve Cohen again. I don't like him. Uh, anyways, like I'm not worried about Carlos Correa one bit because he's still contributing with the glove. He's still an awesome leader to have in the clubhouse. Do I wish that he was, you know, Pete Carlos Correa's number, Pete Carlos Correa numbers wise? Like, yeah, I really do. But I don't think he's as far off from that as people like to say. Um, I think he's, I think he's going to be just fine. By the time the season ends, I think his numbers are going to be right where they used to be. I'd imagine his batting average would be, you know, 260s. OBP is going to be up in the 360s, and his slugging percentage is going to keep ticking up. I mean, just when you look, look at how bad his numbers were uh, early on in the season, the fact that they're respectable now is a little crazy. So he's, I'm not worried about him one bit. That's fair. And twins, they're, they got some hitters, but they've certainly got some holes. You got some, a lot of streaky guys. Yeah. A lot of, a fair bit more injuries than you'd like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I mean, you got a lot of guys that are kind of like around average, but not really particularly valuable hitters probably in, like in the, a way that you would need for a playoff run. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I hate saying this, but like the goal for me is not let's win a world series. Okay. The goal for me is pathetic as it sound is let's win a playoff game, not a series. Let's win a playoff game, okay? We've lost 18 of those in a row. Let's get a win, and then we can build from there. And we have some upside. We have some decent prospects at the AAA level. So there are some reinforcements coming, and we've got some money coming off the books, and we've got a good pitching staff, and you know we can acquire X, Y, and Z. I'm more confident in the pitching staff and its continuity and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not... I'm not thrilled with this team. Obviously, there's 500, and so it's about as meh of a feeling as I can have. Uh, they're in first place because the AL Central sucks. I don't think there's there's no reason to beat around the bush there. It's the worst division in baseball, and we're just kind of benefiting from it. And um, Central is not far off. It really no, is. No, it's not, but the AL Central is clearly worse at this point. The only team over 500 is one game over 500 and could fall to 500 if we lose the Tigers tonight. And so the teams at the bottom are really at the bottom. Right. Everybody's been talking about the A's, but the Royals are really not good at baseball. I think their winning percentage is also in the 200s. Maybe it's They're in the low 300s. It's bad. Good at baseball. Guys, the blood vessels in my eyes are popping uh, with this conversation. So I'm going to be in the bathroom <laughs> hear any screaming in the mirror. But we were just talking about one last place team. Why can't we talk about another one? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> oh, you're too good for last place talk, Mr. Red Sox fan? Yeah, we lived through last place growing up. Anyways, yeah. last last twins to a tidbit, because I really just need to stop talking about this team because my blood pressure is getting higher. Um, <laughs> Byron Buxton. Dude, yeah, The game that Joe Ryan uh, threw his complete game shutout, he became the first player in the StatCast era to hit two homers over 460 feet in the same game. They were moonshots. It, it yeah, seems that by 466 and 465 first and third innings. Oh yeah. And you know what? He's doing very typically Byron Buxton things. His average is like barely above 200, but he is knocking the ball out of the park. 
Yeah. And you know, there's, there's a lot of frustration in the twins podcast. Listen to you talks about this a lot of like, everyone wants Byron Buxton to play center field, but I want him to play. Yeah. Right? You'd rather have him on the field, even if he's DHing than not be on the yeah. field at all. Like in 200 at bats, this man has accumulated one war while sitting his butt on the bench during uh, defensive portion of the inning. And I think what he would really is... suck for you guys is if, he was playing center field, but he's just exceptionally cautious and, you know, takes away one of the things that makes him really good. You know, his speed and yeah. his, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that he was an elite defensive center fielder. The, one and, of the best the game has ever seen. Yeah. And if you take that away just to get him on the field, do you really want to see that? Right. I don't know. Right. So I, I'm just glad he's playing. Um, he has always been incredibly streaky and I'm not going to like sit here and be like, well, make an excuse for him, but you know, he needs to learn how to be a DH cause it's a different kind of life than being a center fielder where, you know, you strike out three times in a game, but you make a diving catch. Everyone's like Byron Buxton is the best center fielder in the game. He strikes out three times in a game. Everyone in Minnesota is calling for his head. Um, I, I feel for the guy. I really do. Cause he is one of my favorite baseball players of all time. He's, I would say one of the most talented players ever to put on a twins uniform. Um, and he's showing signs of improvement, but we're paying the deed 15 million a year. Uh, so if you go based off war calculations, if he puts up two war, which he's on pace to do, if he stays healthy, yeah, we're getting our money out of him. And I, I don't know, man, I'm, I don't mind him DHing. I really don't. And when he's hot, like when he's, when he's cold, man, he's cold. You don't want him to swing the bat. You don't want him to be up there. But when he's hot, there are a few players in baseball that I'm like, I want that guy over Byron Buxton. Oh, absolutely. So he's due for kind of like a torrid stretch right now. And I'm excited to see uh, what that will entail. We'll see if it happens. I, I'm just kind of like waiting on the edge of my seat for when Byron Buxton just decides to start mashing baseballs all over the place again. But this team goes the way Byron goes for his entire career. If Byron's on the field, even when he sucked, like I'm serious, like even when his OPS plus was 57 or 90, they were a better team with him on the field. This team goes as Byron goes. This this is Carlos's team as a leader. I get that. But this team goes as Byron goes. This guy is our energetic leader, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This team goes as Byron goes. Yeah. And you know what? He's... He's not having a bad year at all. If, if you look at just like surface level metrics, he's actually doing a little bit better than he was last year when he was a, you know, four war guy. And yeah, okay, he, he had defensive value last year that he's not going to get this year. But I mean, he's walking more than he did last. He's walking more than he ever has in his career. Striking out about the same. He's just hasn't converted as much of it to power as he has mm -hmm. typically. And yeah, I mean, last year he was a 136 WRC plus guy doing basically the same thing he is this year, just with less power. And yeah, it's not because I mean, of injury. He's just... The balls in play is up a little bit too, which is just yeah. interesting to see that. I thought it'd be down, but I, I'm yeah, not just worried. Less Again, of those balls are going for doubles and home runs and more of them are going for singles. And that's no, that's okay. Cause guess what? That means when they do start going, like you said, when they do start going for doubles and home runs, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, um, he's 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 going to be fine. This is the thing about like looking at stats at the halfway point. You know, you got our guy Louis Arias hitting four hundred or three ninety eight or whatever it is right now. Um, 
as much as I love Louis Arias, I don't think he's going to hit 400 this year. Would love to see him do it. Don't think it's, it's going to happen. Dude, he's so um, weird because he refuses. He absolutely refuses to hit the ball hard. And yeah. his BABIP is crazy. It's, I think, what was it? I think I looked at it yesterday. His BABIP is like 412 or 415 or something like that. It's yeah. crazy. He doesn't miss the ball. He doesn't strike out. He doesn't hit the ball hard. And like that BABIP number doesn't feel like a fluke for him. He can just poke it wherever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. I've only watched him play for four years. I I don't know how valuable that actually is because the Marlins, uh, they're pretty good right now, but they, you know, need some power and he doesn't do that. No, but I think there's always value to a guy that can hit 402. Yeah. But um, I mean, the value is kind of limited if nobody else drives him in, you know, that's not his fault. Yeah, that's but that's the Marlins' fault. I'm saying they right. went out and they said, yep, this is our guy. Not saying it's a bad decision. It's just they needed a lot more than him to be good. Fair. And Fair. they're mainly good like, because... I thought you were saying, like, Louis needs to change his approach. Like, oh, no, no, no. no. The, I'm just saying... Team construction is on the Marlins. He's doing that, great. <laughs> that would be an insane take to be like... Let me, he needs to hit more home let runs. Let me say <laughs> I probably got take. a better approach at the plate than, uh, than, than Louis down there in Miami. Well, see, here's the thing. If I said that, if I said he needs to hit more home runs and you guys said, no, just keep hitting singles, you guys would be the boomers here and I wouldn't be. <laughs> no, he's just making good, solid contact. Good, good baseball hits. Like, no, hit more home runs, man. <laughs> you would be the boomers here and I wouldn't. Bro, his ISO right now is .085. That's, That's solid. <laughs> well, dude, his his sliders on like uh, Savant are crazy. He's... 99th percentile batting average, 100 percentile K rate and whiff rate, 1% barrel rate, 2% hard hit rate, does not hit the ball hard, does not walk, does not strike out, does not hit home runs, still a good hitter. I, I saw him a video get of him it. doing a cage drill, though. I saw him doing a video. It was, it was a T drill. And this T, I swear, was like on his front hip. He somehow flipped it into left field. Oh, he's he's an exceptional hitter. He's at a he's at a. And very so that's good why I'm like, stroke. this isn't necessarily a fluke. Like I get that his you know his expected batting average is 3.30. I think Louis Arise is a 3.30 hitter, which is really good. But you know I, I understand that he doesn't barrel the ball up, but this man knows where to hit a baseball on a baseball bat to send it to left field. Yeah, I mean he barrels it enough because let's see his average. Exit velocity is 88, which is like major league average. So like he hits the ball hard enough. He just doesn't hit it very hard. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, his bat control is exceptional and it's very fun to watch. And you know what? It's not like he's, he's not doing that grinder thing where he like, he'll get one hit here. One night he'll have a couple hits. The next night I'll have a couple hits. He'll just be like, Hey, I'm going to have five hits tonight. Cool. All right. And then he'll just do it again like a week later for no reason. Yeah. And somehow guys are still pitching to him. And you know what? I think they will keep pitching to him because they know he doesn't hit the ball hard. Yeah, because they think like, oh, this will get him out for sure. And they yeah, throw a beautiful he, slider. And he'll he get just a like single. Laps it into left field. His yeah. last five games, he is three for four, one for three, two for five, one for four, and five for five. It's um, crazy. It's wild. He has seven. no extra base hits. Those have all been singles. <laughs> whatever dude just <laughs> just wild doesn't hit refuses to hit the ball hard refuses to strike out or walk or hit home runs still good 
<laughs> yeah, oh man. my gosh. Let's see. I didn't look. What's his what's his actual like WRC plus right now? Um well, his OPS plus is one fifty nine. That's okay. Those are two very good. similar numbers, so that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a right, where do you get your WRC plus from? I don't see I just go to, reference. I just go to fan graphs. Fan graphs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, no. they're 159 so, OPS plus is really yeah. good. OPS and WRC plus are generally pretty similar. Yeah. They just calculate in a very slightly different way. No, I've always been an OPS plus guy. I like, That's I fine. like looking at OPS relative to the mean. So I like that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just OPS plus obviously slugging percentage is the base. Dude, he's already been worth 3.3 war. Yeah. It's crazy. As a singles hitter, a guy crazy. that doesn't play defense either. Like he is, you know, one of the worst second basemen in the league, and he's been worth three point three WAR. That's insane. Absolutely crazy. Is a WAR. Do the Marlins need anything? Can the Red Sox get him? Um, Johnson's like, let me talk about my guy, Big Maple. All right. Literally anybody <laughs> that can hit home runs, they will take because their best home run hitter is Jorge Soler. Robert Dalbeck, get down there. <laughs> like, do they need a shortstop? We have Bobby Dalbeck. Oh my goodness. Utility man, Bobby Dalbeck. <laughs> I don't think they want that. No. You don't no. You don't just saying I don't think they want So I would like to to make one final comment before we all leave. Deal. It's uh it's it's leading into something that we are gonna talk about that we already mentioned. Uh, what Shohei Otani is going to eventually be worth. Hmm. Would you like to know what Shohei Otani as a hitter has done in the month of June since we last talked? I really don't. I'm going to get sad. Well, I got to change it first. It ruined it. Okay. Isn't that still pending legal investigation from the pitchers that are filing a suit against him? Here you go. Shohei Otani since June 1st. 377 average, 473 on base, 883 slugging for a 259 WRC plus. That's not bad. Yeah, and I. It's a little better than not bad. That's pretty good. That'll be that'll pretty good. good. Yeah, that's that, that'll a, be. Uh, that's the $300 million hitter. Yeah. Well, and what's wild is the Angels are actually good right now. Like it's almost July and they are. They have a winning record. They're not terrible. There's they no would be in first place in the AL Central. They're close. And their GM, Perry Manazian, has already come out and said, look, we are not trading Otani at the deadline, if, which means we are going to get some sort of free agency, and it's going to be insane. If they don't get anything for Shohei and, and don't get him to re-sign... That's the biggest fumble in major in in sports history. That's I, worse. Yeah. That, that might be Babe Ruth level. That's I, I mean, know. well, what what really kind of sucks is that if you look at the range of possible outcomes, you know what is the least fun outcome? That he signs a big deal with the Angels. Yeah, that's, that's like the least fun thing. Yeah, like it would be more fun if they like. If he just quit and went back to Japan, that would be more fun than him re-signing with the Yeah, Angels. we'd all watch Japanese baseball. Yeah. Pull a Masahiro Tanaka. You already like, should I'm be. Done. 
you already should be watching the MPB, but yeah, like just being like deciding, Hey, I want to hang out with Mike Trout my whole career and let's make this good. Like that's the least fun outcome in all of this. I mean, the, the yeah, they've tried that. thing about this, if this was a financial decision, he could get paid whatever in Japan. So like, that's, that's legitimate. If he decided to, he can get paid that same amount, I, I believe. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's, well, and we're going to have a whole thing to talk about that of, of basically why every team should, what they should do to get him. But you know, now saying they are not going to trade him kind of takes some of the fun out of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got a whole episode coming up on that. So we will, uh, we'll, we'll be sure to get back to you guys with a little more content, but we appreciate y'all hanging out with us. Yeah. We'll be a little, uh, a little better on our schedule now that we're all, uh, you know, less busy, more married. Thanks. Yeah, we got, I we am gotta, more married now than I was we last gotta, week. Yeah. Well, you know, two of us here are happy and one of us is not happy anymore. So, you know. Well, I'm going to get engaged soon. So at a certain point. You're still there though. You're still happy, right? Oh yeah. I'll be happy the whole time. I don't know why I'm saying I'm happy. Like I'm happy, but. <laughs> All right. I just think you're not. That's a whole different thing. All right. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. Catch you next time, y'all. The next time we talk, the Reds will probably have won God knows how many games. They might be the best team of all time. Who knows? Hey, calm down. Okay, Okay, fair enough. Bye.